My name is Steve Kendall. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio in the 60s. I've spent most of my life involved with television. It's my primary language. I'm a visual thinker, and working with video is second nature to me. I express my feelings visually, often by creating stories and editing them on video. This is my story, and it begins over 50 years ago. In March of 2016, a few days after the funeral of my mother, a family member informed me that I did not include the name of my mother's father in the funeral program I designed. This was probably an oversight because my mother never said much about her father. I knew his name and that he was Italian, but not much else, so I sought to find answers by creating a family tree. I used a genealogy site to begin my research, but needed more details about specific dates in his life. So I called a family member who knew more about it. This family member told me that my mother did not know who her true father was until after he died. She was the result of an interracial relationship her mother had for over 30 years. And due to the racial climate of the times, her mother did not disclose her father's identity until he died when she was in her late 20s. My family member said something like, you need to know something about your father, something that was kept from you, but I don't know if I'm the one who should tell you. Please, go ahead, tell me, I can handle it. Is not your father. A man named is your real father. My family member said something like, you need to know something about your father, something that was kept from you, but I don't know if I'm the one who should tell you. Please, go ahead, tell me, I can handle it. Is not your father. A man named is your real father. The rest of the conversation was a blur, but I managed to recall a few details. My mother met the man who may be my real father, whom I'll call Mr. X out of respect for his family and to maintain their privacy, when they worked at a hospital in the 60s. I kept his obituary for you. He died a few years ago, said my relative. I'll email it to you. I scrutinized the photo. I don't see any resemblance. I called my relative back. They tell me I resembled Mr. X when they met him in his early 30s. You have his ears and eyebrows, and your son looks just like him as an older man. I do see a likeness to my son, who may be Mr. X's grandson. My mother has a granddaughter who resembled her at an early age, so I rationalize perhaps this is a similar situation. I had a real sense of urgency to find potential family members due to my declining health caused by a rare disease. My next step was to compose one of the most important letters I've ever written.
Dear I hope and pray you can help me. This is perhaps the most difficult and important letter I've ever written. My name is Stephen Kendall, and I may be the son of your late relative. Those were the opening words of letters sent out to Mr. X's nieces and nephews. All of his siblings had passed away, or so I thought, until I received an email one evening that his last living sibling, his sister, would be in touch with me soon. She called me and we immediately hit it off. We've spoken almost every day since, and she told me I would be her nephew no matter what the DNA results. Two of my potential cousins, from the two separate families, agreed to take the test. So now we had to wait a long six to eight weeks for an answer. During this time, a nephew of my maybe father sent me his funeral program. Looking at the pictures of him as an older man, I see no resemblance. As the British say, I'm gutted. I'm beginning to have doubts, but my new aunt, a wonderful Christian woman, encourages and assures me that I share a lot of traits with her late brother, proof of which would arrive sooner than expected in the form of a late night email from a potential cousin. I receive a late evening email from my potential cousin. The DNA results are in, several weeks earlier than we anticipated. I quickly log into my genealogy account and scour the report. In bold letters it reveals, we could not detect identical DNA between you and my potential cousin, whom I now know is not my cousin, calls me to discuss the results. We have a nice conversation, and although we're not related, I've gained a friend. My new aunt doesn't believe the results are accurate and insists on taking a DNA test herself. While we await the test results, I help my aunt create a website about her parents. It's a fascinating story of a couple who met as students at Tuskegee in the 1920s and were taught by famed scientist Dr. George Washington Carver. They used their Tuskegee education, with an emphasis on self-sufficiency and entrepreneurship, which are values instilled by the school's founder, Booker T. Washington, when shortly after graduation and marriage, they traveled to Africa for a business opportunity. They were stranded in Africa when the company they worked for went bankrupt. And you can read about what happened next on my website. When my aunt's test results arrive, they confirm we're not related by blood. I must admit I'm disappointed, but we consider ourselves family forever. One test remains from a cousin on my side of the family. On October 2nd, 2016, I received the final report. I'm the only person who knows the results, and I'll share them with you, dear viewer, in the next episode. Tune in next time for the exciting conclusion of...
the 50-year-old secret. Is not your father. A man named is your real father. Before I reveal the final results, I want to thank the folks who agreed to take a DNA test. I must confess, if it were not for my medical condition, I would not have searched for my father. I would have just continued on my merry way through life. But I didn't want anyone else to suffer from my disease, which can be misdiagnosed. DNA tests can open a whole can of worms with regard to medical information. I'm happy the people who took the test received negative results for several medical disorders. My relative was correct, is not my biological father, but my relative was also wrong. The man they thought was my biological father, Mr. X, is not. At present, I don't know who my biological father is, but here's what I do know. I know I will never pass judgment on my mother. She had the misfortune of being married to an abusive man who damaged several lives, some of which are still healing over six decades later. I know that every time I greet my wife and children, I'll hug them a little tighter and tell them, I love you, early and often. This series served as my way of mourning the death of my mother. And finally, I know I'm proud of this documentary and I consider it some of the best work I've done in years. Although I do not have closure in terms of who my biological father is, I've been blessed by additions to my family. My new aunt and her family welcomed me as if I were a blood relative, and I can't thank them enough for their acceptance, love, and prayers. Now I end where I began, in search of my grandfather. And if I find him, perhaps I'll let you know, dear viewer, with a sequel. Thank you for watching and God bless. Wait, there's more! Fifty-year-old secret. Is not your father. A man named is your real father.
DNA test of Mr. X's sister and niece indicated that we are not related. That was how my story originally ended. But on the last day of the last month of 2016, I spoke with a DNA specialist who revealed another possibility with evidence that was staring me right in the face. By October of 2016, I had no idea who my biological father was until the last day of December 2016. During a family celebration, I met my aunt's son-in-law, Dr. Jacob Adeyeye, a DNA expert and a professor of molecular genetics and biotechnology. I interviewed Dr. Adeyeye with my cell phone, but unfortunately the quality was very poor, so I will attempt to summarize what he told me. Professor Adeyeye pointed out that I asked the right DNA question, but of the wrong people. In other words, we tested Mr. X's sibling and a niece, which should have given me definitive results, but there was another possibility. Sometimes the father and the mother pass on recessive genes not found in other relatives. That would explain why the DNA tests were negative. This may also explain why I inherited a rare disease that no one else in the family has, thank God. I probably also inherited my father's talent for visual media as he was an avid photographer who owned his own photography company and I had a career in film and video. The only way to truly confirm paternity would be to test both my father and my mother, but their DNA is no longer available. Based on photographic evidence and his years of experience, Dr. Adeyeye believes Mr. X is my biological father. I resembled my father as a young adult, as you can see when you compare our yearbook pictures. But it is my son who most resembles my father and some of his brothers and nephews at various ages. So where does all this leave me? I now have closure about my father, and I've gained a loving addition to my family. I've also resumed the search for my grandfather and started research about my father's side of the family, which dates back to the 1700s so far. I hope to bring you their stories in the near future. Until then, thank you for watching, and God bless. A special thanks to my Aunt Lois for her acceptance, love, and prayers. My story continues. A few years ago, my biological father's family got in touch with me. It has taken me quite some time to process this new information, and it's also hampered by the fact that my biological father is now deceased, his widow is very ill, and I don't want to contact her, and most of the family who contacted me no longer stay in touch with me. I hope to conclude this story in the near future. Thank you for watching. God bless.